despised him for, for his youth and his lack of experience. So he, he finds him and he, he thinks that he uh, is inadequate to be in ministry in this church. He, he doesn't feel prepared. He doesn't really uh, know how to take this task that, that is ahead of him. Uh, and then Paul, a, a more experienced man, he comes to Timothy and he gives Timothy some practical ways for Timothy to, to be uh, prepared for this ministry. And he gives him five practical steps for him to, to train. It's like a five steps training program. I don't know if you guys have ever done a training program for you know, any kind of skill that you wanted to develop. So here, for him to develop uh, his skill in the ministry, Paul is giving him these five steps for him to train, to grow in this area of his life. Um, and as we read this, these are steps that we should all follow. These are steps that we should all work hard to, to be able to have those things in place in our lives. And as we talk about you know, working hard to do this, there are many things in our lives that we work hard for. Just think about something that you have done in your life and that re- you really worked hard to, to, to get that. Um, and recently, one thing that, that comes to my mind is um, uh, that Bree and I, we've been trying to wake up in the morning to work out uh, in the morning. And it's been really hard because working hard is something that doesn't really come naturally to me. I have to try hard to do it. I don't know how many of you guys would, uh, would uh, relate to that, but it's kind of hard for me to, to get up in the morning and get working. But we want to do that to stay healthy and to just... Uh, we, we don't play sports anymore, so we want to do something that we are actually moving. So, uh, you know, we do things that are hard, that we don't want to do to get an outcome from that. And that's one thing that, that we've been doing. But... Uh, and, and the point is not that these things are wrong. It's not wrong for us to work hard in, in different things in life. The problem is that when that's the only focus that you have, that's when it becomes a problem. When, when that's the, the only thing you can think of are those earthly, temporary things, and you lose sight of what is eternal. You lose sight of the significant things that you should be doing in your life. So Paul is, is telling us to work hard for things that are significant, for things that have eternal value. And he, and he tells us why we miss that point. He tells us why we get distracted and we started focusing on things that are temporary, focusing on things that will not last for eternity. And on, on verse 7, he says that the reason why we do that is because we believe in silly myths. We let these silly myths, these crazy lies come to our minds and, and influence us to do the things that we do, to, to work hard for the things that we work hard, to focus on the things we focus that are not those eternal things that, that God wants us to focus on. And when you think about lies coming into our minds and, and lies from the world infiltrating the church, one thing that comes to my mind is, uh, when I was in college, I had to do this test uh, to, to uh, see if I was able to identify different colors, if my eyes were strained to identify colors. Uh, I was uh, studying graphic design, so colors is part of that. So this test that I did was really interesting because they would have this screen in front of you, and then they would show you a color, and then you have to write down what color that is, like what, what kind of color that is. 
So they started by showing me this red screen, so I would have to write down red. And then they would show me uh, a yellow screen, and then I, I wrote down yellow. But then they started showing a lot of green screens, one, one after the other, different shades of green. And then I was just writing down green, 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 green. And then uh, when I got uh, my, my grades back, I didn't get all the answers right, and I was really confused. I was like, how did I miss a color? Like, that's pretty basic. But I realized that I'll, at the end of those shades of green, they had actually shifted to blue. But, but the, the change was so smooth that I didn't even realize that they were actually showing me a blue screen. I just, my brain just thought it was still a different shade of green. And, and a lot of times, that's how lies get into our minds. They sound like truth. They're really close to the truth. But they come in such a smooth way that we don't really realize that it's, it's a lie. And then the lie gets bigger and bigger, and then they start influencing the way we think and, and the things that we do in our lives. And, and, that's, and we don't even notice that we are actually living and doing things in our lives based on lies that we believe. And, and some of the, those lies that have just infiltrated the church in many ways are things like love yourself above anyone else. You are the most important person in the world, so you should love yourself and you should pursue your happiness at any cost. Or things like, you know, having a relationship is what will truly make you happy. Having a relationship with is what will satisfy you. And you live your life pursuing this perfect relationship that you never find. So many lies that, that sound close to the truth, but they are not the truth. And they influence us to just live for temporary things. To work hard to get things that are temporary and we lose sight of what is eternal. And, you know, it's okay to invest in things here on the earth. It's, it's okay. It's, it's a wise thing for us to invest. It's okay to invest on a house, on your retirement. It's a wise thing for you to do that. And even for, for people who are younger, to spend time, you know, playing sports or investing in your education. There's nothing wrong with us doing that. But there is a problem when we come to a point in our lives when that's all we are doing. And that when people look at us, they don't see any difference between the way we live our lives and the unbeliever across the street. We are living our lives the same way unbelievers would live their lives, and they don't see a difference. And we want to live in a way that it is evident that Christ is at work in us. We want to, to make sure that we are working hard for things of eternal value. And then... Uh, why should we do that? So, so what, what should we work for? What should we train for? If we're not supposed to train for those temporary things, if we're not supposed to work for those temporary things, then what are we supposed to work for? What are we supposed to pursue in our lives? So that's what Paul tells us at the end of verse 7 and then in verse 8. He tells us, train yourself for godliness. So that's what we, we should be pursuing in our, in our lives. We should be training ourselves for godliness. That's what it is there. Oh, let's go back. There, strive for godliness. And why, uh, he tells us, while body t bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. And, and why is that? Why is godliness of value in every way? He tells us why. It holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And how, how is that true? How, do, how can we see that in our lives? 
You know, godliness is something that helps us to know Christ, helps us to have a relationship with Christ. And that is the most important relationship that you can have in your life. Godliness helps us to even lead people to Christ. It helps us to show people who don't know Christ what His love and His care looks like in our lives. And, and godliness helps us even to enjoy the other things in life. Godliness helps us to, to enjoy those temporary things in life, but in the right way, in the way that we are, we're supposed to enjoy them. So godliness is something that, gives, that has value in this life. It changes the way we live here and now, but it also has value for eternity because people will see Christ through us. We'll be able to share the gospel with people and people will be saved through our lives of godliness. So this is something that has, uh, has value for now and for eternity. So why should we focus on things that only have value for this life? Even though many of those things are necessary and are wise for us to have in place in our lives, we should really be working hard to pursue godliness. This is something that has eternal value. And then in verse 10, he says, For this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God. And when we think about these words here, toil and strive, work hard. A lot of times when we think about that related to, to your faith, that can sound a little bit like legalism. Legalism, this idea that your faith, your salvation is based on your works. So when we read this, this can sound a little bit like that. But this is what Paul is talking about. It's completely different. There is a huge difference between sinful legalism and training for godliness and working hard to pursue godliness in your life. Legalism, it's something that that leads you to do or not do things that the Bible are not necessarily telling you to do or not to do, uh, but you do that so that you will look good. You, look, you do those things because you want people to be impressed at you, and you want to impress God, and you want to earn God's Savior. So you do a lot of things that the Bible are not even talking about, just so that you look good and that God will like you even more. And, uh, and you, you not only do that, but you also... You demand that other people will also do those things that are not necessarily in the Bible, but make you look good. You also want everyone to be doing the, the very same things that you are doing to earn God's Savior. But training for godliness is completely different. When you train for godliness, you also do things that the Bible doesn't necessarily tell you to do, and you also avoid doing things that are not necessarily in the Bible. But you do that because you love God, because you want to stay strong in your faith. You do that because you want to be useful for God. And uh, when I think about that, I think about a, an athlete that he, he's training for, for a medal. And, and he is doing certain things and not doing certain things that he could do, but, but he avoids eating that burger that he wants to eat, or he avoids eating dessert. And he could do those things. This athlete, he could do those things. It would be fine if he ate an ice cream here uh, here and there, it would be fine. He would still be able to, to do what he's supposed to do. But he, doesn't, he chooses to not do those things at a certain time because he has a greater purpose in mind. Because he's training for a medal, and he knows that that will push him back. So he decides not to do that. And even in our lives, there are things that the Bible are not necessarily telling us not to do, but 
if we are wise, we'll choose not to do those things because we know that those things will push us back in our progress. They will not help us to train for the goal that we are training for. Um, one thing that, I, that I, I thought about when I was thinking about this is even uh, you know, TV series and, and, and things that you watch on TV. There is this uh, series that are very popular now that I've heard of uh, that's called uh, Game of Thrones. And I've heard things about this series. And uh, maybe pursuing godliness in your life and training for godliness means not to watch that because that may be something that may stop your progress. That may be something that can push you back when you're trying to train for godliness. So think about things in your life. What are some things that you should start doing to get stronger in godliness in your life? And even something that you should stop doing because that's kind of pushing you back and not helping you to grow and progress the way that you were supposed to. And when we talk about this, uh, I think it's important for us to just touch on this subject because uh, legalism is a word that has been, we've been talking about this a lot because it is a problem and we need to deal with it. But my concern is that in order to avoid legalism, we are becoming weak Christians who are not uh, training for, for a medal, who are not training to, to run the race that we are supposed to run and fight the fight that we are supposed to fight. So we need to make sure that we put things in place in our lives to stay strong in our faith. And as we think about that, uh, there's nothing really we can do to earn God's favor. There's nothing we can do to, to get God to like us anymore. And that, that's the idea of legalism. But there's nothing we can do to earn God's love. Jesus is the only way for us to have a relationship with God restored. Jesus is the only one that can do that for us. So the only way for you to have your relationship with God restored is not by doing things to impress God. But it is first and foremost, it, it is for you to trust that what Jesus did, His perfect life, His blood at the cross, His resurrection, what He did is enough and sufficient to save you. And, and, and you need to repent of living a life for yourself and trying to do things to earn that salvation, to earn God's Savior. And you need to start living with Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, and as the greatest treasure of your life. And when Christ is the greatest treasure of your life, when you, when you become a son of God, a daughter of God, then because God loves you, because you have received the love of God in your life, then you will desire to live for Him. You will want to live for Him. But Jesus is the only one that can do this for us. He is the only one that can restore us to God and give us a true relationship with God. So if you have not done this yet, do this today. Come to Christ. Repent of your life that you've been living for yourself and trying to earn salvation for yourself and acknowledge that you need Christ to save you. Trust that what He did at the cross is enough to save you. And live your life for Him. And, and in this passage, there is, when we, we talk about salvation, there is something here that can make us a little confused if we don't really understand what this is talking about. So still in verse 10, it says, God is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. And when we know our Bibles, we know that God only saves those who believe. So what is he saying here? 
So the, the word Savior in this passage here, it's talking about uh, God being a rescuer, that he rescues people, that he, he takes care of people. And this is not talking about saving the saving grace of God, but this is talking about God's common grace, the grace that he gives to everyone, even to unbelievers, that he takes care of everyone, that, that he gives mercy to everyone, even to unbelievers. And knowing that uh, the, the wages of sin is death, this is the reason why we don't see unbelievers dying all the time just because they are in sin. Because God is giving them grace. And God, God is giving them another day, another opportunity for them to come to Him. So this is talking about the fact that God is a gracious God that rescues people, that takes care of people. But that He takes care, He, he has a special care for His children. He has a special care for those who love Him. And, and He wants those people his people to train for godliness. And he's using Paul to give us now five ways for us to train for godliness so that we can grow in our godliness. So that's what we're going to see now. We're going to see what, what these five ways for us to, to train in godliness are. So the first way that we have here is cultivate a godly character. Cultivate a godly character. And this comes from verse 11 and 12 where he says, Command and teach these things. So what he's saying here, command and teach these things, this is a call to ministry. And, and the person that he wrote this to is Timothy, and Timothy was a pastor. So primarily, this is a, a call to vocational ministry. This is a call for pastors and missionaries and evangelists to command and teach the things of the Bible to people. But, but the, the principles that he is going to give us here now are principles that apply for every believer, for every follower of Christ. These five steps that he's given us, they are for pastors, but they're also for, for, for all of those who want to follow Christ. These are steps for you to follow in your life. So on uh, verse, verse 12, he says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, Impurity. So the call here is for us to be an example in the way we speak, in the way we, le we live our lives, in everything we do. Not, we shouldn't only have this neutral character that is fine, that we are not really doing a lot of wrong things, but we should have a character that is an example for people to follow, that sets people an example that they can look at and they will be able to follow that. And, you know, we can use a lot of excuses to not have this kind of character. We can use a lot of, excuse of, of excuses to not set an example in our lives, to not step up and be involved in the ministry. And even I, myself in my life, I have used excuses for not being involved in ministry. Oftentimes I have said, you know, I'm too young to be doing this. I'm, I don't have the experience that someone needs to be doing this. Uh, I shouldn't be doing this right now. What are the excuses that, that you are giving in your life to not be more involved in things that will help you to grow in godliness? Are you thinking that you are too young to do certain things or that you are too, too old to be involved in, in the ministry or that you are too busy to be involved or even that someone else can do this better than you can do so you might as well not even get involved with this? The call is for all of us to grow in godliness so that we are setting an example. So that we are living in a way that people can see Christ at work through our lives. 
So we have no excuses. As believers, we have no excuses to not be doing this in our lives. Every believer is called to be an example. And then the second step that we have here is elevate the scriptures in your life and ministry. Elevate the scriptures in your life and your ministry. And this comes from verse 13, where he's saying, Devote yourself to to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. And when you think about that, when we think about the fact that we are all called to elevate the scriptures in our own lives and in the ministry that we are involved, I think of uh, this as, as water, being in the ministry as giving water to people. You can only give water to people if you have water in the first place. You can only give water if you have water on your own. If you're, if you're thirsty and you don't have water, you will never be able to give water to people. You don't have any water left to give to people. And ministry can be tiring. So if we don't, so, so we need to make sure that we spend our time with the Lord. We need to make sure that we spend our time in God's Word so that we can receive water from Him in order for us to be able to give water to other people. If we are not elevating the Scriptures in our own lives, if we are not spending time in God's Word in our own lives, we won't be able to share that with other people. So we need to make sure that this is something that we are constantly doing. Spending time with the Lord in His Word, but also sharing that with those around us. And also we need to be true to what the Bible says. We, we are not supposed to, to put our ideas in the Bible, but we, what we are called to do is to get the truth out of the Bible and give it to people so that they can understand uh, what the Word of God really is. So, Elevate the scriptures in your life and ministry. And then the next step that we have here is exercise your gifts for the good of others. Exercise your gifts for the good of others. And when I'm thinking about this, exercising my gifts, this comes from, from verse 14, which, which says, Do not neglect the gift you have. And when I think about neglecting gifts and not using the gifts that we have, I think about something that happened to me uh, a few weeks ago. So I was um, making this shelf for Brie uh, for her to put her coffee stuff because she didn't have enough room. She loves coffee so much, and she didn't have enough room to put all her coffee gear, so we needed another, another shelf for that. And I'm not very skilled with woodworking, so I was just trying to figure it out. And I got the wood and everything, and we have this box that we got from family, it has a lot of tools in there, and we've never been through that box, so we, don't, we didn't, didn't even know what was in that box. But we had this huge box with a lot of tools that sits, sits in the garage. And then uh, I was looking for things to, to work on that shelf, and uh, I couldn't find any electric uh, saws, so I got this, this hand saw. And then I used, uh, that was all I had to, to, to do that job with. And I was like, you know, I'm not gonna, this is not going to take a lot of time. I'm just going to use this, this hand saw, and I'm going to figure it out. But that was really hard. And I was just sawing the, the wood, and it, it, the wood felt like it was getting thicker and thicker as I was sawing through it. And it, it was just really hard, and, and my hands were getting sore. And I was like, no, I'm going to finish this today. I'm going to get this done. And it took me hours to get this little shelf done. And it wasn't even that great. Like, it wasn't even that smooth. But I, found, I got it done, and it was good enough. 
So I was, I was done with that, and I was putting the, the tools away back in that box. And then I look in the box, and I see in the bottom of the box, this electric saw. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously? I should have spent some more time looking through this box. But anyway, it was done. But, you know, when we think about this, how many times don't we do that in our own lives with the gifts that the Holy Spirit is giving us? You know, the, the, Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit is giving us gifts as tools for us to use in the ministry. And a lot of times we don't, we don't want to use those tools. And we want to do things on our own strength. And we want to do things the way we know how to do them. And we don't rely on Him in prayer. And we don't, uh, we don't put those gifts that He has given us to use. So He's calling us. God, God is calling us to put these gifts that the Holy Spirit is giving us to use. We need to use those gifts. So, so where are we going to lo- use those gifts that He's given us? Just look around. Look around and see where, what are the needs that we have in this church. Are, are there, there needs in, in the youth ministry? Yes, there are. Are there needs in the, the kids' ministries? Are there needs in the, the counseling ministries, in evangelism, in, in the facilities, in, in missions, in the way that we are involved with, with missions? If you see needs, jump in and use your gifts that the Holy Spirit is giving you for you to, to use for the benefit of others. So put those gifts to use. So, so we have here these steps. Step one, cultivate a godly character. Step two, elevate the scriptures in your life and in your ministry. And then we have step three, exercise the gifts, uh, your gifts for the good of others. So then we get here to step four, which is immerse yourself in the ministry. Immerse yourself in the ministry. And this comes from uh, verse 15, which says, Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them. And when we think about this, this, this idea of immersing ourselves, getting in these things, uh, thinking about the ministry, a lot of times we don't want to immerse ourselves in the ministry. We just want to tiptoe the water of the ministry, and we don't want to get wet. We don't want to get too involved in the ministry. We just want to feel the water a little bit and then get out because we, the water is too cold sometimes and we don't want to get uncomfortable. But we need to immerse ourselves in the water of the ministry. We need to jump in in the water of the ministry and swim and get involved. And why are we supposed to do this? He tells us why. So that all may see your progress. You will be able to tell the difference between someone who is a a, a professional swimmer, someone who swims for a living, and someone who's just tiptoeing the water and never gets in the water. There is an evident difference between those two people that you can see even by looking at them. And people will be able to tell if you are just tiptoeing the water of the ministry or if you are really getting involved and you are swimming and getting wet in the water of the ministry. Because there will be no progress if you're just tiptoeing the water. The same way that if you're not swimming, if you're just tiptoeing the water, and you don't have any progress in your swimming skills, there will be no progress if you're not jumping into the ministry and getting involved. And and progress. You know, this passage is is written to a pastor, and, and progress in the ministry is something that I'm sure you want to see in your pastors. You want to see your pastors having progress in their spiritual walk. 
You, sh- you should expect that from your pastors. But the truth is that your pastors should see progress in your life too. And would you say that that's something that you can show in your life? That, that all can see progress in your life? Is that something that you would say about you? Jump in the ministry and get involved so that you will see this progress in your life. And then the, the, the next step that we have here, the fifth and last step that we have for us to train for godliness is watch yourself. Watch yourself. And this one comes from verse 16, which is saying, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Keep a close watch on your character and on your doctrine, on the things that that you think, on the things that you say, the things that you do. Keep a close watch on that. And persevere in watching out for what the way you're thinking and the way you're living your life. And when we think about this, about watching ourselves and persevering in watching ourselves, uh, I just think about how most of the times that people are disqualified to serve in ministry, most times they're not disqualified because of their doctrine, but they're disqualified because of their character. Your character is key in your life. Your character is key for you to be able to be involved in ministry, for you to be able to grow in godliness. And he tells us, persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Your character is something that will not only influence you, but it will influence the people around you as well. If you're lazy in your character, if you're, if you're lazy in, in the way that you're pursuing godliness and growing in your, in your walk with Christ, you will affect people that you are supposed to train you will affect people that you are supposed to be investing into. To be, you will affect people that you are supposed to be loving and taking care of. If you are a dad or a mom and you get lazy on this, you will affect your kids. And if you are a spouse and you get lazy on this, you, you will affect uh, your wife, your husband. If you are involved in the kids' ministries, you will affect the kids that you are supposed to serve and train. If you, and since we all, as believers, are called to be involved in evangelism and sharing the gospel with people, this this will even affect the way that we share the gospel with people. So this is not only something that ends in us; it's something that affects the people around us. So we need to to watch ourselves so that we can see progress, not only in our own lives, which is important for us to have progress in our own lives, but also in the lives of those who we are called to serve and love and train in godliness. So watch yourself and persevere. Persevere through the end. And when we talk about this, watch yourself, persevere, this sounds like it's a lot for us to take care of on our own. We should be very active in persevering and watching ourselves, but also we have the assurance that the Lord is giving us the strength to do this. That the Lord will walk us and help us to watch ourselves and to persevere in the faith. So as we, we look at this passage here, and we see young Timothy, this young guy, he, and he was scared 
and he felt like he was inadequate to serve in the ministry, a lot of times we can't help but identify with him. To be honest, I sometimes, I feel like that. I feel scared to do things in the ministry. I feel inadequate. So we identify with, with Timothy here. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if many of you also feel like that. If many of you feel scared to do things, when you see needs in the church, you feel scared to jump into it and start getting involved. And you feel like you're inadequate. But the key to progress is not having this amazing confidence. The key to progress in the ministry is not about being awesome at anything and doing everything perfectly well. That is not the key that we see here. That is not what Paul is telling Timothy that he should do here. But the key to progress in our ministry that we see here, that Paul is telling Timothy, if you do these things, you will grow in your ministry and people will be able to see the progress in you are these things that we see here. Cultivate a godly character. Elevate the scriptures in your life, in your ministry. Exercise your gifts. Immerse yourself in the ministry. Get involved in the, in the ministry. And watch yourself. Watch the way you think. Watch the way you speak. Watch the way you live your life. And persevere in these things. So, you may be inadequate. You may be not confident, you may be scared, but Christ is able to make you adequate before God. And the Spirit is able to grow you stronger and to produce progress in your life. And God is able to use you, even you, for His glory. So think about the ways that God can use you for His glory. Think about the ways that you can serve in the ministry. Where, in the place where you're at in your life now, how can you be involved in these things? And jump into it and start training. Start training and start doing these things. Because this is the calling that God has for your life. To train for godliness, to grow in godliness in your life. And to serve in the ministry to serve the people around you, to love people around you. And all of these things are not for your glory. They are not for your renown. They are not uh, for God to, to like you anymore or for people to be impressed at how good you are. But all of this is for God's glory. So that me, He may be glorified through the way you speak, through the way you live your life, so that everyone may see your life and see that Christ is at work in you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you because you have called all of us to be part of our of your ministry. And we thank you because you give us ways for us to grow in our godliness so that we can have progress in our lives and we can serve you in your ministry. And we ask you that you will help us to train ourselves for godliness that you help us to cultivate a godly character in our lives, to have a character that is an example for people to follow. We pray that you help us to elevate the scriptures in our lives, that you give us the diligence to spend time in the, in the Word and to share the truth of the Word with people around us. We pray that you will help us to exercise our gifts for the benefit of others and not to try to do things on our own and, and neglect the gifts you give us, but to use them 
We pray that you help us to immerse ourselves in the ministry, to get involved in things, to, to, uh, to get committed to things. And we pray that you help us to watch ourselves and to persevere in the faith. That everyone may see the progress in our lives. And we pray that many people may be blessed through us, through your, your work in our lives. And may all this be not for our glory, not for people to be impressed at us, but for your glory. In his name.